0: a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie.
1: Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It is more than a muse, and it's also
1: Valentine's Day. Hooray! I'm Sadie. I'm Stani. And I guess this episode is technically considered an anti-Valentine's Yeah, I was going to say, except
0: we are doing an anti-Valentine's episode today, which feels appropriate. I like that, actually.
1: Yeah. We took one of our most popular topics from last year, and we're doing kind of like a part two of it. Obviously, they stand alone completely on their own, but it's like the same idea. Yes. Because unfortunately, men continue sucking in marriages, but like, whatever. (laughs) But one thing that I really like that we said in part one that we kind of ended with that I think kind of ties into Valentine's Day is the idea that it's really important in your relationships, if you're dating and all of that, to make sure that you're finding someone who credits your accomplishments because (laughs) so many of these are the exact opposite, opposite of that and that's why they're in this episode.
0: Well, and even just beyond crediting your accomplishments, like, I don't know, liking your accomplishments and wanting you to actually continue to be accomplished, not being threatened by your accomplishments, just so many things that unfortunately you have to really make sure you find a partner
1: who is willing to do those things. And happy to and like enjoys it and... (laughs) Yeah, just someone who appreciates what you're doing because it takes a lot of effort to create art. Yes, it does. So yeah, you deserve someone who understands that. Yeah, (laughs) and kind of like a fun thing as well is besides the opportunity now that a lot of you have to go back and listen to our misogyny and marriage uh, part one episode mm-hmm. from last February uh, we've also covered a few people that really tie into this yeah um, we read the more than amused book by Katie McCabe and we have a whole episode on that and that's about kind of this topic of like relationships in the arts and all of that we have our Margaret Keene episode and there's even the movie that you can watch if you yeah. want to I think it's still on Amazon Prime and then two people from the More Than Amused book that we've actually covered. We've talked about Camille Claudel and Lil Hardin Armstrong as yes. well since then. So, kind of fun. Like, there's so much you could go back and listen to after this one. More Than Amused book
0: episode, which is perfect that the book and us,
1: mm-hmm. our
0: podcast, have the same name. But she really, you know, the whole point of it is talking about men who love to overshadow the women either their partners or counterparts. And so if you enjoyed this episode, I would definitely recommend going and checking out that book because it's really good. One random thing completely off the topic of, well, I don't think it's completely off the topic because this show highlighted bad marriages, but we have done a Patsy Cline episode. And this week I discovered on Netflix via a recommendation from Amanda who we had on the podcast a month or two ago she messaged me and she's like hey there's this thing on Netflix called like Patsy and Loretta I think is what it is and it's about the friendship of Patsy Klein and Loretta Lynn and it's really nice it's just like an hour and a half long movie about their friendship and how they helped one another but then it also kind of shows about how both of their marriages were mm, I don't know problematic yeah. in ways but it was a really good movie so I'd recommend that if you're looking for something to watch go check out Patsy Cline and Loretta Lynn or Patsy and Loretta something like that That's but yeah awesome. I really liked it and like I said we've covered Patsy Cline we have a whole episode on her
1: awesome well I'm gonna start us off with some art history yes.
0: we are dividing this episode up into Stani will be talking about some famous art couples and then I will talk about some in pop culture That even still today, you can maybe see that relationships are being affected by, I don't know, this imbalance. (laughs) Oh, they totally (laughs) are.
1: Cool. So we're going to start off with talking about Georgia O'Keefe. She was a modernist artist known for her paintings of enlarged flowers, New York skyscrapers, and New Mexico landscapes. Um, she's often been called the mother of American modernism, which is a very yeah. cool. And she lived from 1887 to 1986. And her husband was Alfred Steiglitz, who was an American f- photographer and a modern art performer. And really um, helped move forward the whole idea of photography as an art form. And he lived from 1864 to 1940. So, something that's actually really cool about the two of them is that they kind of they had this collaboration that they frequently did where their art would just like build on oh, one another. Cool. One example was this article from the New York Times that said there was a creative call and response between the two artists. So, in 1923, Steiglitz photographed the sun shining through the clouds and then named the image Portrait of Georgia number 3, even though she wasn't mm. in it. <laughs> Like comparing her to the light that's, or something. That's sweet. And then the following year, she countered and did a sky inspired oil painting of clouds on a canvas called A Celebration, which was thought to be a romantic tribute to their relationship. Aww. Which is very cute. They also have a ton of love letters between the two of them three to four times a day. Um, with letters up to 40 pages. 40 pages? Yes, because for a short time in the summer of 1929, um, Georgia O'Keeffe was in New Mexico, and Stiglitz remained in New York, because that's where her work really came alive, and he wanted to remain in New York City. Wow. Yes, for the most part, it sounds like... It was really cute, but this is kind of dang.
0: I was I was like, this sounds magical. <laughs> and I was hoping that a butt was not coming.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, in comparison to a lot of other relationships we covered, this is mild, okay. I would say. So one thing that's really frequent in Georgie O'Keefe's work is that people constantly claim that it has feminine sexual undertones in it Hmm. they love to compare like her flower paintings to like female anatomy and other stuff like that like constantly saying that she was representing the feminine and she was very against this she constantly said no it's just nature no, it's and there's nothing wrong with doing that, but like if you've said it over and over again that that's not what you're actually then doing, it's like why aren't like, you it would listening? Be so yes. And one of the problems was that her husband was one of the main people who continually applied these other ideas to oh. her work. Um yikes. Yeah, he said he, he was the first person to apply Freudian readings to her work, and subsequently he wrote in 1919 a piece about women in art and talks about women receiving the world through the womb and the mind coming second. Ah, uh, okay. Don't love that.
0: So it's almost like, <laughs> yeah. he's like, well, of course she was speaking to women anatomy because like, of course she does. Cause she's, she's a woman mom. and
1: that's how she views the world. He was very supportive of women artists, constantly promoting female artists in his gallery. But like O'Keeffe mentioned so many times that his gendering of her work was frustrating. Mm. Because she uh, would approach critics and often say, like, when people read erotic symbols into my paintings, they're really talking about their own affairs. (laughs) And so she just kept trying to say, like, no, that's not what it is. No, that isn't what I'm saying. And yet even her own husband constantly was kind of...
0: Yeah, that's what she's saying.
1: Yeah. So that would be so frustrating. Yeah. And I
0: feel like that is... is doesn't. I mean, obviously, it's not very supportive. And if you're really supportive of someone, you would, you know take what they say about their own art and be like oh yeah that's probably true then
1: yeah and i really hate the idea that he was like women see the world through yes the womb. <laughs> and then their brain oh. like oh they can't actually think unless they have I mean, you know then, then of it then
0: <laughs> men see the world through you know theirs so i can't i can't think <laughs> of like a non-vulgar a non- way to
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny So there's that story. It sounds like their marriage, for the most part, was pretty good. But I'm sure that was like a constant undercurrent. Yeah. Because their work was so connected. and
0: Dang. Well, almost. Almost perfect.
1: There are a lot of like articles and I think even some books about their love letters. So if you really want to buy into the whole romance of the thing, then you can. But I think it's a good example that marriages have problems <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. They still stayed married the entire time. So next is Gabrielle Munter. I feel like we've mentioned her before, but maybe we haven't. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. So Gabrielle Munter was a German expressionist and was a part of like the Munich avant-garde movement. She was born in February of 1877, and major part of the expressionism movement, and was married to Wassily Kudinsky, who has really cool work, actually. We studied him a lot in school. Cool. But he was a painter and a theorist, um, credited as one of the pioneers of abstraction, uh, I think I think we did talk about him because he was really inspired by Helm Klint. Oh, okay, cool. Which is why I think I love his work so much because I really love Helm Klint. Yeah. He was actually born in Russia and then died in France, but was a part of that huge like abstract expressionism movement as well and lived from 1866 to 1944. So that's the two of them. One of the things, but what happened constantly, which I feel like we've looked at this so many times, especially with like Camille Claudel, is that Munter was considered his student lover as opposed to an artistic eagle, equal. Oh. She even said that in the eyes of many, I was only a side dish to kodinsky Although she was integral to many of his projects, like founding the Darablo Reptor Expressionist Group, Munter is never credited.
0: So it's like almost because of the proximity to him,
1: it's damning, not
0: damning her, but you know, it's like just not giving her the credit that she really deserves. Yeah,
1: exactly. Which is frustrating because I'm sure that would be annoying. Yeah. And even for her to, like, say compared to Kudinsky, I was just a side dish. Like, no one says that and feels happy about it. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) You are very correct. Oh, man. So that would be really hard, especially when you're so instrumental to everything that's happening. Yeah. And then to.
0: Well, and another thing that I'm thinking, too, is, like, I don't feel like he was probably one to um, correct. Like, you wonder how much he corrected people when they were. Maybe saying things like that, you know, and you obviously yeah. hope that he was part of the campaign to be like, no, she's more than just my lover. Like I truly, you know, she's a talent, but you also you just don't know. You don't know how much they're actually trying to help them out.
1: <laughs> and it looks like they never were married. Um, Wasley Kudinski was married twice officially but Gabrielle Munter was his companion for 12 years. Sounds not quite as toxic as Camille Claudel and Augustus Rodin, but same kind of thing. Yeah. Student-teacher deal.
0: Which is, like, always too, like, inherently problematic of, like, is there a weird power imbalance going on there? Mm.
1: Yeah, it says here, too, that she was his favorite student. Well, I guess that makes sense. (laughs) She was his favorite student, and then she became like his mistress, I guess, or his lover, whatever you want to call it. And like I've said, I don't remember hearing her name, but I definitely know I heard Kudinsky's on multiple occasions. Yeah. <laughs> kind of more of that whole deal comes in of it being a problem. Okay, on to the next. Um, Max Ernst and Dorothea Tanning. Max Ernst. He is a German painter, sculptor, graphic artist, and a poet. Um, he's considered one of the primary pioneers of the Dada movement and surrealism. So lots of surrealist paintings. They look like fantasy paintings, mm-hmm. like monsters like made out of other objects and like all overlapping and everything. It's definitely very surrealist. Oh, cool, okay. Yes, and 1891 to 1976 was his time period. She was born in 1910 and died in 2012. It's actually not that long ago. And Dorothea Margaret Tanning was an American painter, printer, sculptor, writer, and poet. A little bit of everything. And her early work is also very inspired by surrealism. Surrealism is not my cup of tea. It like kind of freaks me out. Because that's what it is. It's supposed to be, like, embracing the odd and weird and everything. But, I mean, both of them were very successful surrealists, so that's good. Between the shared notoriety of the famous couple, Tanning was often overlooked as an artist. Although her work was integral to the earliest 20th century avant-garde, her art was only considered in connection with Ernst. Dang. It's only recently that she received due recognition as an independent artist and contributor to modernism. It's like
0: really interesting because I'm connecting this in my brain to all the episodes that we have done on, the, on classical women musicians, right? And really mm-hmm. the only musicians, women musicians who have made it out of that like romantic period, they only did really because they had a family member in very close proximity who was also a composer, right? Fanny mm-hmm. Mendelssohn, her brother was a famed composer. Clara Schumann, her husband was a very big deal composer. And like that's almost like the only reason why I feel like we really even know them. But then it's interesting that because we know them only because of the men in their lives then it's, like, impossible to know them without those men, you know? So it's, like, it traps these women into not being able to stand on their own when, in reality, like, they were very accomplished. Like, we've talked about, like, with Fanny Mendelssohn, Maria Anna Mozart, like, they were the original prodigies in the family, but now they're only remembered through the lens of their brothers or their family members. So it's just, like, this interesting... And going back to that, that's another episode that you could check out, the original, like, one of our original episodes with Clara Schumann, and her relationship mm-hmm. with her husband and how that marriage very much overshadowed her artistic ability. Every
1: aspect. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I don't know. It's just like weird how it's like, if it's like sometimes women only get the credibility credit they deserve almost like, because they're part of them, like they're so close with the man. And so it's like impossible to ignore their work because their lives were so intertwined with that man's, but then it makes it so that's all that they're known as. Is
1: their proximity to that man. So it just sucks both ways. So sad and so true. For the most part, it sounds like Ernst and Tanning's relationship was very loving and very sweet. I don't think a lot of it is necessarily his fault on why she was overshadowed. He was very supportive of her art. They were married for 30 years until he died. He'd actually been married three times before that, but it had never lasted that long so I think he really did consider her the love of his life and I think she felt the same about him so they were very sweet but yeah just completely overshadowed by him in every way even though they were a part of the same movement same space doing the same things Mm -hmm. here's another quote Dorothea's marriage with Ernst was about confrontation to Her work was often overshadowed by his fame and life with Ernst was not an easy one. After a couple of years in Sedona where they started an artist colony, they had to emigrate to France because Ernst was refused American citizenship. And so it was just kind of a lot of like outside influences and other things happening where, yeah, his fame just continued to be like this third person in the relationship. Okay, next we've got Emily Hennings and Hugo Ball. Emily Hennings is actually a performer, oh cool, and a poet. She was born in 1885, and then died in 1948. And then Hugo Ball, her husband, is a German author, poet, and the founder of the Dada movement, and also a pioneer in the development of sound poetry, Ooh. which sounds intriguing. I don't know entirely what that is, but it sounds cool and he was born in 1886 and died in 1927. Hugo Ball and Emily Hennings are now known as the mother and father of Dada. The famous couple was extremely influential and prompted the movement together. The pair was eclectic, passionate, and always rushing, pushing the lines and <laughs> rules of art. However, historically, Hennings is only really discussed in relation to Ball. Even mm-hmm. though she and Ball worked collaboratively, Hennings has yet to receive due credit as an independent artist and revolutionary. And I think that even just goes sh- shows in their Wikipedia, where it's like he was considered like the father and founder of Dada, and it didn't say that in hers. Oh, Yeah. It said she's also the wife of celebrated Dada's Hugo Ball. And then it's
0: like, and then so. together they're the, you know, <laughs> yeah. they created it. But like, if we're just talking about her alone, it's like, yeah, she's just her, this person's wife.
1: So um, for the most part, once again, sounds like it was a pretty good marriage from what I can tell. Um, just with like surface level research. I don't know. Could be wrong on a lot of these if it was good or not. But she was a cabaret singer when they met. And then they fled to Zurich to avoid the war and then um, ended up opening a venue in Zurich. Anyway, they fled there and that's where Dada ended up being founded mm-hmm. and started was because of the two of them. Dang. And the Dada movement is huge. But yeah, it's another one of those things where like sounds like the relationship was good. But once again, the man in the relationship got all of the credit for something that they did together.
0: Okay. Well, I feel like so far, so good with this year's episode of misogyny in marriage, where it's like the men don't yes. suck as much as they have in other episodes, but still sucks that in proximity, the women in their lives were just immediately overshadowed.
1: Yeah, agreed. And then I just wanted to mention this again. I found another article on it. I Ooh. still want to do a whole episode on Zelda Fitzgerald. Oh,
0: yes, me too. Because-
1: this whole thing has been bothering me so much because The Great Gatsby was one of my favorite books, mm-hmm. and um, apparently it was stolen from Zelda, <laughs> and I'm not entirely sure how much. Yeah, that's what I really want to know. Yeah, so I really want to do a whole episode on her because now this is the second time it's come up every time you mention, like, look mm-hmm. up, like... I don't know, toxic art couples or like men who took credit for their wives' work. Zelda Fitzgerald was an American socialite, novelist, and a painter as well. And her and her husband, F. Scott Fitzgerald, are considered just like the emblems of the jazz age, which I feel like fits so perfectly. She was born in 1900 and died in 1948. And, of course, was married to Francis Scott Key Fitzgerald, who was an American novelist, essayist, and short story writer, and a screenwriter. And he's known for his novels, of course, and then his short stories. And he was born in 1896 and died in 1940. But I found an article that just mentioned, like, Scott's use of Zelda letters is sometimes cited as evidence of his gross misappropriation of Zelda's talent. Mm. At the time, however, it was generally considered a husband's job to be a provider and a wife's job to tend to amenities. Maybe Zelda wanted to give herself a bit of credit for authorship, but at this point, there was no serious rivalry behind them. And it kind of reminded me of, like, last year, we talked about Einstein and his wife and how, like, she made sure that he took full credit for it because they needed the money and, and like she knew name on it, yeah that was gonna be the only way yeah it would like undervalue the article because people would look at it and be like oh a woman co-wrote this mm-hmm.
0: like which is so no longer is important Stupid. yes
1: <laughs> but something that's really cool about it I didn't get, to get through the whole thing but there is an article on literary hub Called Behind the Myths of Scott and Zelda's Epic Romance. Mm. And it's by Eleanor Eleanor Lanahan. And F. Scott and Zelda were her grandparents. No way. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> Which is so, so cool. So like I said, I definitely want to do an episode on her in the future. There's so much that goes into it. She talks about like um, remembering when her grandmother passed away Looking through letters, like hearing things from her parents, Mm -hmm. and then kind of doing research on her own, it it sounds so cool. But I'm not entirely sure. Like their relationship doesn't sound perfect, but it doesn't sound like as bad as Margaret King. Yeah, because that's so I don't like know where to put it. Yeah, on the spectrum, um, he just, he had a really hard time with money and alcohol. Mm. Um, They considered those like his two greatest adversaries, which he battled with in his life. Yeah. what the quote says. So I imagine it wouldn't be hard being married to an alcoholic obsessed with money and getting it and having. But when they did meet when they were young, they were extremely in love. And it sounds like had like a good couple of years. And they did end up staying married the whole time. So just interesting. And they were so instrumental to like the roaring 20s and the jazz age. Like I feel like his books are constantly used as like an example of what that was like. Yeah. And he even coined Zelda as like the first American flapper. Like he said that. Oh, wow. (laughs) About her. He inscribed so many of his editions of books to her like dedicated them to her he used like a lock of her hair bound with one of her ribbons as like a book cover as a bookmark Every time he was reading anything. So it sounds like they really were in love, but there was a lot of other things that went into it. And I really do want to research more of what happened with the plagiarism.
0: Yeah, because I think that's like a good point. Because, you know, you said like the Einsteins, which is an insane story, but like it was originally her choice because of the fact that, like you said, you know, she knew what it would do for their family. And from her perspective, she's like, hey, you know, we're married, so it's all the same if it's your success or if it's my success, which is like, in a way, like a nice way to think about marriage, right? Like, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Like your success is my success. It doesn't matter if my name's on it. But of course, she didn't know at the time that he would end up being the worst and abandoning her. And yeah, when she really would, you know, need the money from being credited on something like that, then she didn't have a claim to it anymore. So... Ugh, it just sucks so you you do, you just always wonder and you always hope that it's not bad and you know maybe they were both just working together and came on to came in agreement. I don't know that's what you hope
1: yeah and it's also hard too because like she never really did professionally explore writing she was more into like dancing and you know all of that like she spent a couple of years trying to um, professionally, become a ballerina. So you don't know. You don't know. Maybe she came up with ideas and then was just like, oh, yeah, go ahead and use it. I don't care. Or if he, like, stole them and then she was like, oh, whatever. Like, I didn't. I don't care. Oh, wait. She did end up writing a novel later. Oh, cool. Like I said, I need to do more research on them. I'm so intrigued by it. So
0: pen- coming soon is a
1: full episode on Zelda and F.
0: Scott yes. Fitzgerald because there's definitely a whole episode worth right there
1: yes even from just that article from their granddaughter like i am so curious to read more and figure out more of what was really going on behind the scenes of yeah the queen and king of the jazz age i love that we're gonna take
0: a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists
1: so this is a makeup artist i follow on tiktok she's ridiculously talented um, I think I would also consider her a photographer. Okay. She does self-portraits and other things too, but just really, really talented all around. Her name is Serena Deschner. That is her handle on TikTok and on Instagram, and it looks like she also has a YouTube. Not only is her like Ooh. makeup magnificent, her photos that she takes of herself in the makeup Beautiful. are just like. Beyond anything that you would expect. I love the one. She has this one where there's just makeup brushes coming from every direction. Mm -hmm. Like putting makeup on her and it looks so cool. And I know it was all her hands. Yeah. And then she's just done a bunch of other really cool stuff. She has like process videos and everything on her TikTok. Um, She's done like full scale paintings on her face that just blow my mind every time I see them because I'm just amazed that someone's able to do that. Yeah. And she's done a lot of like compilation videos recently where she shows a bunch of the different ones that she's done. So you can go check those out. She's been doing a lot of euphoria inspired looks right now, which Ooh, is love that. Yeah. Cause the makeup for euphoria is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she did one. If you scroll back a little ways, she did one where she turned herself into a statue no way yes and it's insane she literally painted herself gray painted her hair gray added the dimensions and everything else and she looks like a statue
0: oh my gosh
1: yeah so very fun I love following her it's cool to see her do all the stuff and then she does a few videos where she washes it off too which is always fascinating (laughs)
0: yeah this is the talent. Like of any talent, I wish I was better at my own makeup. It's so beautiful. I know. For my person, I'm doing someone who does ceramics and they're from Turkey. It's um, Lucy Ceramic, L-U-S-I Ceramic on Instagram. Um, but then it says by Nihal. So I think, the, I don't know if their name's N- Lucy or if it's, you know, not sure but she they have the cutest mugs and i love them these are adorable i know i think they're absolutely amazing i just found them and yeah she has like an international website just i think on etsy i don't know if they're always available it seems like she just does different drops you know at different times but yeah they're and they're all a lot of them are stamped with like stamped good morning
1: Mm-hmm. Apparently a new
0: stock will be available soon. But I love the little ones with like daisies, hearts, or even the like strawberries. strawberries. Yep, that's what I was just going to say. I love it. They're so cute. Yeah, so the cutest little handmade mugs. And they're painted so cutely. I love them. That's so fun. So yes, again, that's Lucy as in L-U-S-I ceramic. And there's international shipping, which is amazing. And if anyone listening has a artist that they love that they think deserves a shout out please dm us on instagram we would Mm -hmm. love to shout anyone out all right now back to the show okay well before i talk about just a couple couples in pop culture I wanted to mention a study that was recently done and maybe you've heard of it. I had like I've heard references to it in the past, Um, but basically there was a study that was done that basically just showed how like the different successes of partners of their partners like had an effect on men. So this was from like a Huffington. Huff Post, Huffington Post article. I'm going to read through it just to make sure I explain this study correctly. So psychologist Kate Ratliff from the University of Florida and Shigeru Oshi from the University of Virginia conducted five different experiments with 896 participants overall to see how the men in heterosexual relationships were affected by their female partner's successes. The results were detailed in a paper published in 2013. So at this point, it's almost 10 years old, which is insane that 2013 is almost 10 years ago anyways um, in one of the experiments researchers asked 32 different couples to take a test that supposedly measured their intelligence the tests were not actually graded but each participant was told that their partner scored in either the top 12% or the bottom 12% of all university students men whose partners allegedly scored in the top 12% scored lower on an implicit self-esteem test than those with partners who scored in the bottom 12% in other in other words, when male, when men's female partners were shown to have high intelligence, the men felt worse about themselves. For the final two experiments. Researchers r- recruited 657 participants to take an online test. The 284 male participants were asked to recall a time when their partner was successful in a specific area, for example, intellectually or socially, but then they took that same self esteem test. The results show that, regardless of the type of success a woman had, their male partners felt bad after thinking about their accomplishments. This was especially true when their partner has succeeded in an area when the- where the respondent had failed and then this quote said it makes sense that a man might feel threatened if his girlfriend outperforms him in something they're doing together such as like you know both trying to lose weight but this research found evidence that men automatically interpret a partner's success as their own failure even if they're not in direct competition
1: what yeah
0: isn't that crazy
1: did they do the reverse of it, though, or they test the woman after you know what? That's scoring. a
0: really good question. i It didn't say s- that. So I wonder, yeah, like that's like a very good question and point, and I'm not sure if they did that. But at least it exists with, yeah, men. and also too, it's like hard because it's like what exactly is like that self esteem test that they're taking, you know?
2: It's yeah. hard to like
0: actually measure those kind of things. But, you know, obviously, like these kind of things are just very hard to actually measure and gain. But according to, you know, these experiments that they ran that, yeah, that every single time a woman was smart, not every single time, but on trend that if the woman was smarter than the man, that, yeah, the men would score worse on their self-esteem test. Because how it was done, it was like they were told like, oh, by the way, you know, your partner is in the top 12
1: percent. Okay, cool. Now take this test. And that's so interesting yeah it makes me wonder a lot about like what's inherently already there and what's just like society driven mhm you know what i mean cuz like i'm a firm believer that like misogyny isn't inherent It's, like, something that's learned from a very early age. So it's, like, our society. But I wonder if there's anything that goes into this of, like, the actual way that, like, men and women's brains function. I don't know. And also, too, like, I wonder, like, how much of it
0: is, like, you know, a misogyny thing and how much of it is kind of just, like, a human thing. Because, like, I always used to say that, like, I don't think I would want to marry a musician just because I don't know if I... But granted, that was kind of because a lot of the musicians that I had relationships with, I felt like I would have been in competition with them and that, you know, maybe they would have turned it into it. Granted, would that have been me or them? I don't know, but I always knew that it would be there if I did marry a musician and I knew I didn't really want to deal with that. Or at least I felt like it would be, you know?
1: No, I think I felt the same way about like a designer where it's like, I already do that. Like I'd rather have somebody (laughs) like... I don't know, balances me out. But yeah, then maybe that goes back to like people that I've met or other ideas that I have where it's like, oh, you can't have a successful relationship if both of you are artists. Yeah. <laughs> where it's like, that's a toxic thought. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's really interesting. It like really makes you think about what goes into it. And I really wish we knew how the women felt because if it I was know. the same for maybe I will do some thing. more research. But the articles I
0: read really only mentioned. Yeah, how the men responded to those things. But I don't know. I'm like trying to look back on maybe just women are just, I don't know. I don't want to say like used to the men out doing them because that makes it sound like men just always do better than women, which obviously isn't true, you know. But like when, you know, like we've done... A lot of examples just in this episode where it's almost like that's been expected for so long that it doesn't come like we don't automatically see it as a threat to us as individuals but I feel like it's definitely like a thing that maybe men are like it's very conditioned that like men are the providers men are supposed to take care and so maybe it would affect their self-esteem if they feel like their wife is taking care of them you know and like it it shouldn't like
1: yeah it also Kind of makes me think of like I feel like you'd have to have a very well-rounded type of testing yes. for to make sure it works because like I don't know if I was up against a partner which is theoretical at this point and they like surpassed me on a math test it's fine I would be like awesome yeah <laughs> like, that's great but if we like we're both told to like draw a picture and they were an artist and they scored better than me then I would be a little bit like oh, what okay
0: you <laughs> know what I actually relate to that because so. My husband, he's very smart. Like, that's just Jordan's thing. Like, he's a very intelligent person. He loves reading about politics. He loves reading about philosophy. Like, this man will read Aristotle for fun and, like, not be pretentious about it. Like, he he just genuinely enjoys doing that for fun. Uh, But then one day, he was like, Sadie, like, I was thinking about... He's like, I have, like, this, like, thought about pop culture or, like, music or I don't even, I don't remember exactly what he was saying, but I found myself getting kind of angry at him. And, and I was like, why am I getting mad? And then, and he even was like, what is going on here? Like, cause from his perspective is he was trying to like relate to me on something that I really mm-hmm. enjoyed. So he was like, oh cool. Like, let me contribute. But like subconsciously I was taking that as like, no, this is my thing and you can't be better at my thing or have insight on my thing that I didn't have or what do I have left? Because like in my head, like I know he's smarter than me, but like it never really bothered me because I'm not really trying to become, you know, I'm not trying to become well-versed in Aristotle in my lifetime. I'm fine without that knowledge. But yeah, yeah when he, I kind of had to call myself out for a little bit, a little bit there when I was like, you know what? He's trying to relate to me and connect with me. And I am getting up in arms because I'm taking this personally. as like, he's trying to take something away from me when like, no, like we can just both have this conversation together about something that I like and that's a good thing so
1: yeah maybe
0: this you know maybe this tendency isn't even gendered at all but
1: maybe it's just human because I even think of like if you were like a mom and you had spent years and years and years of your life cooking because mm-hmm. that's what you did to contribute And then, like, you and your husband are in a cooking competition and he wins. Yeah, that sucks. (laughs) That would be kind of annoying because you'd be like, well, that was my contribution to the family. I spent years and years and years refining my skills. Yeah. But, like, vice versa, if your husband is a professional chef and you go into a cooking competition, I don't think anyone's going to be like, oh, I'm going to do better. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or like, same thing with like woodworking. If like a husband like builds things all the time, that's what he does. And then his wife builds a better chair than him. Like like,
0: that would be a little bit. Wait a minute. I think it's a natural human inclination to be like, no, 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 this is what I'm good at. You can go do what you're good at. (laughs) And like, and maybe the, you know, patriarchy here comes into play with what we think women women should be good at and you know when it comes to like mm-hmm. you know, like i said like the typical gender roles of like what women's job versus men's are in relationships and then how we view them both exceeding you know like of course there's issues here but yeah i don't exactly. know
1: now, from the sound of this test, though, it does sound like a, it was just like a general IQ test. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: I, yeah, but granted, like they didn't even test to see who actually was smarter. They just told the partner that they had scored that a they certain had been better. yeah.
1: Because then a lot of it goes into like maybe they knew their partner wasn't going to score higher than them on an IQ test, and so they were kind of like
0: yeah. What? But I guess though, maybe it would be like a because it wasn't even that they scored higher than them it was just that they scored higher than the top they were in the top 12% and then the men oh, yeah. who partners were in the top 12% they had worst they had worse um, self esteem than self-esteem the test. than the ones who thought that they were that their that their partners were stupid you know <laughs> so it's not even that they were smarter than them it was just that they were <laughs> smart that they felt threatened by so oh, i don't know maybe man. that's that's worse
1: <laughs> Yeah, it is. I feel like there's a lot more that could go into that. If there's anyone out there that's like a scientist or something, do some tests on this. I'm so curious. I know. Because, yeah, I wonder if it would change based on what they were doing or like other things as well. Yeah.
0: I don't know. But yeah, so that's a study that I found that I thought was worth mentioning that according to them, men like women who are dumb. So careful out there, ladies.
1: I mean, if history has shown us anything, that, that, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. Not for everyone, but it continues to be this like weird joke and like pop culture. Yeah, that's true. Like that was the whole Marilyn Monroe thing. Yeah, she was actually really smart, but she played up
0: her. So I saw this really funny TikTok where I'm personally not watching Euphoria, um, but I saw this TikTok about the blonde girl who the character is Cassie. I truly don't know her real name. But it was like, did you know, like, the character from Euphoria, Cassie, is actually really smart. And someone stitched it and was like, oh, my gosh, guys, this woman who's blonde and has big boobs, she's actually smart. And I was like, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Because it's so funny. And granted, like, the original TikTok, like, it really did go through all of her accomplishments. And, like, she has a very, like... A quite heavy like cool resume that you know that mm-hmm. was the point of the original creator but just the way they worded it like she's actually really smart it was like <laughs> wow really she's actually really smart can you believe that and it just it was a funny tiktok that's all
1: <laughs> i think about that all the time because lisa kudrow who played phoebe yeah uh-huh in friends she <laughs> she actually didn't start out as an actress. She did, like, a bunch of other stuff before then, and, uh, like, her IQ is, you know, known as, like, very well and a very high number, and it's just funny because she plays, like, this dumb blonde on the television show that there's automatically this assumption that the real-life actress is also... Dumb. The same. Yeah. And so I just think it's interesting that kind of plays into that, like oh, wait, she's actually smart. It's like, yeah,
0: shocking. (laughs) Also, like the fact that you were so shocked about that, like just shows how good of an actress she is, I guess.
1: Yeah. So it's just kind of funny that like, I feel like that happens a lot where they're like, oh, this blonde, beautiful woman is actually intelligent. Like that. Shocking. Like that
0: can't be. (laughs) Uh, I found two examples from pop culture where, perhaps the man was a little bit bitter about their partner's success. And this is actually one that I didn't know very well. I was just like googling um, you know like big couples in music or whatever and this one popped up and then all it said was like, oh, she says that she feel she feels like the reason that they split was because he was jealous of her success and Mm. and i and then i found some quotes to actually back that up so this first one is with diplo do you know diplo the famous dj producer and i think it's maya m-i-a maya and she's a rapper i actually am not personally familiar with her But, but they dated from 2003 until 2008. So I think that's also why I hadn't really heard of this relationship. It was pretty early in the 2000s. But this is what, so in an interview with Rolling Stone, she alluded that the downfall of their relationship was due to her rapid rise to success. And she said, when I got signed by Interscope, he literally smashed my hotel room and broke all the furniture because he was so angry. I got picked up by a major
1: label oh the toxicity I know
0: (laughs) and then by the time that height of fame was happening to me I was with Diplo and he basically just like shat on every good thing that was happening to me and I just didn't enjoy it because if I was on a cover of a magazine he would be like what do you want to do like be on the dentist waiting room table like is that isn't that what a magazine is for it's corny don't do magazines so like that's the kind of things uh-huh. he would say to her.
1: That's such a big honor to be on the front of a magazine. Uh huh.
0: And apparently there was like a moment too. I was kind of confused reading the article about what exactly happened, but in some type of um, article or video interview, he kind of referenced something that like maybe he was the one who discovered her, and then she went mm-hmm. on this big long inter- like Instagram post of like, no, 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 that is absolutely not what happened and which good for her for like clapping back um but then there was another article that i found too that i actually didn't have access to yeah to like have a membership i think it was through rolling stones um, or mm-hmm. some music publication where diplo has eventually come out and said like quote that he was jealous and that he's very sorry from the way that he behaved in that relationship which i'm like that's mm-hmm. great that you're sorry but like
1: that's awful, though. Absolutely
0: awful. Because
1: can you imagine? He wouldn't say the same thing if a magazine asked him to be on the front. Yeah,
0: exactly. Or if he got yeah. signed to a major label. Like, do you think she would have smashed furniture? Probably not. I mean, I guess we don't know. But it's like that is just going back to just like, just be happy when your partner is successful. Uh, like, sorry, it's not happening yeah. to you. But like, I don't know. Um, another example is another DJ. Calvin Harris, who actually later went on to date Taylor Swift after this, um, yeah. But Rita Ora, do you know who she is? Mm-mm. She is the woman who she does that one song, "Like a Black Widow Baby,"
2: with oh, Iggy Azalea. Okay.
0: She's the female voice in that. She, they had a relationship um, starting in April of 2013, and they were together about a year. So apparently, this just makes him to sound like a great stand-up guy that she didn't really know that they had broken up until he tweeted about it. <laughs> and he's what? He said to address speculation, <laughs> myself and Rita ended our relationship some time ago. She is beautiful, talent she is a beautiful, talented woman, and I wish her all the best. But apparently that's when <laughs> she found out that they broke up.
1: So he like adds a compliment to soften the blow. Yeah, she's like, you told me in a tweet exactly.
0: So she found out when apparently the public did. Oh my god! Don't know how true that is, but that's what she said. Um, mm-hmm. And but then, so she was having a really big song in 2014 called "I Will Never Let You Down" that they had mm-hmm. ri- actually written together. Um, and she was set to perform it on the 2014 Teen Choice Awards. And he did not give her legal permission to do it because this was after that they had broken up. So what? this is what she said for anybody who doesn't understand how it works. He wrote and produced the song. So he has to prove anything TV wise for anybody who, for anybody who doesn't get it. And obviously he wrote, mm-hmm. owns the right to it and he didn't approve the teen choice awards. Um, she claimed that she, she wasn't shocked by Harris's last minute change of heart. And she said, I could have got told a few weeks earlier, you know, that would have been nice. It was a last minute change, but you know what? It happens and we move on, we move forward. It is what it is. You know, you write a song with somebody and I guess there's some stuff that comes with it. Everything happens for a reason. That's how, that's how I look at it. But also because of that, their entire project was scrapped because they had pretty much written and recorded a whole album together, but then after they broke up, he wouldn't give her permission to perform it for events and stuff. And then Ugh. that whole thing. And I've heard... I have i can't remember where I heard this, but I heard this story a while ago. But she was having major momentum in her career. But because he, like, put those blocks on it, like, her career kind of died down. Because she had this great song, that like, that I Will Never Let You Down. But she couldn't perform it anywhere. And then the album that they had ready to go to follow it up, they... They couldn't put it
1: out. So that's so annoying. And just release it anyway. Who cares? But he has to give his permission. Ugh. Like he owns I the know. rights to it, which is
0: so just stupid. No, I mean to
1: him, like who cares? I know. Well, just oh yes. Oh yes. Release it. But that's like just
0: so just <laughs> dumb. Oh. And I'm like really just letting personal things which goes back to like sometimes I think men men are a lot more crybabies. Well, the
1: hard part with this is there's definitely like an power imbalance because he was the producer right yeah exactly yeah so it kind of creates that like he gets the say in it even though and
0: like she kind of had nothing but just to like wait for him to make up his mind and apparently like he's Mm -hmm. also tweeted of like oh like for all the fans saying anything I don't owe you reasons of my like personal life but like trust me everyone I had a good reason and it's like okay like how good of a reason to like block the success of someone? Like, sorry, you guys broke up. I feel like even if like the relationship ended badly, like, it's in good, like, you don't need to ruin your ex's yeah. relationship.
1: I don't know. That's just like a lot of work and everything that goes into something like that to then turn around and be like, You
0: can't use it.
1: Yeah. Even for him, like, because he'd still get royalties and stuff from it, right? Exactly. Like, he's still going to get so, paid. Yeah. It just feels kind of weird. It would be like an actor and an actress like filming a whole movie together and then they break up and they're like, nope, "Nope, we're not going to release the movie. Or only
0: one of them just being like, nope, I won't let this happen.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then that would be really weird. It's like the same thing. then it's like, there's this whole thing that people spent time on, got paid for Like it went a lot, went into it Mm -hmm. and then you just scrap it. Yeah, that would be hard.
0: Apparently they've since like made up, which good for her for like moving on and. Forgiving and forgetting, because I don't know if I'd move on from that personally. Yeah, I'd have a hard time. I feel like you don't really owe your (laughs) exes forgiveness if they're not in the picture anymore, (laughs) but that's just me. And to end, I thought I would just highlight a couple relationships where the woman does earn more than the man. First off, we have Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn, our faves.
1: Ooh, this is actually a question to ask you. I saw... Uh, I think it was like a TikToker. It was mentioned on a podcast or something of like people thinking that Joe Alwyn and Taylor Swift wouldn't last because they were like actors are really egotistical <laughs> and um, for an actor to be so overshadowed by his girlfriend, like they didn't think he would be able to handle that long-term.
0: I feel like he has handled it long-term though.
1: That's what I kind of thought too. Is that Like I they've been like, together for so long. Think- Yeah, plus I feel like that's kind of a limiting belief in people. Yeah. Where it's like, I think he can kind of like do his own thing and not be so offended and affected by what she's doing. Also, like,
0: isn't that the whole point is to like find a man and like find a person who won't be threatened by her success? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that's a challenge that Taylor Swift as an individual like had in relationships. I mean, she dated Calvin Harris too and that didn't end well.
1: Because I think it's a common thing for successful women in general. Yeah. Like, trying to find someone who's going to be okay with that. And I think that's created this idea in Hollywood that you have to find someone whose success is the same level as you mm-hmm, because they'll be threatened.
0: I don't feel like Joe Alwyn's done anything to make us feel like that's not the case. I like Joe Alwyn. He seems like a great guy. Yeah,
1: I know. I was like, I don't think there's been any complaints about him though. So, yeah. I mean, if no, you listen to Taylor
0: Swift's lyrics, all she talks about like King of my heart is like, All the boys with their Range Rovers and Jaguars. (laughs) Like she talks about the fact that he doesn't care about possessions. And that's kind of like why she felt like she could love him. I don't know. Some people think that they're just a PR relationship even too. And I, I know, I don't like it. I like like them together. So some other relationships where the (laughs) woman earns more is Sarah Highland and Wells Adams
1: oh yeah they're I cute forgot that they were together they're so cute uh-huh. though <laughs> they adore each other
0: another one is katie perry and orlando bloom which that surprises me that she earns more because i would put them pretty close to the same but maybe she technically earns a little bit more but i put well, them as a similar like fame yeah level.
1: i feel like her career is more active that's true than his is but I feel like notoriety level they're probably the, probably same. the same
0: I agree but let me see just a couple other ones Ariana Grande and Dalton Gomez they're married now she definitely is more famous oh, than yeah. him I think he's a real estate agent cool yeah oh yeah
1: real estate broker way to nor <laughs> She married a total businessman.
0: <laughs> um, another one is Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban. Obviously Keith Urban is yeah. country superstar, but Nicole Kidman is <laughs> I think a little bit more up there.
1: Yeah. That's another one of those ones where it's like very successful career, just like kind of a little bit. Yeah different from what their partner is doing um, that's cool another
0: one is um Giselle and Tom Brady which like obviously they're both yeah. powerhouses but she's technically earned more money than he has so way to go Giselle I know <laughs> like major power <laughs> couple right there
1: that's awesome
0: yeah so I think that's oh are Kristen Bell and Dak Shepard oh is she earning yeah she him? comes in as the top money maker sense. between the two of
1: them I mean yeah she was Anna and Frozen and yeah
0: I think she's doing <sighs> more things actively also speaking of I random I feel like this episode has gone all over the place but hey that's okay <laughs> that's okay um have you heard of the new Kristen Bell show okay I cannot say the title it's okay why because it's really long I have to oh. I'm looking it up <laughs> the woman in the house across the street from the girl girl in the the window window. yes the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window mouthful I always forget what it's actually called um but it's really good I finished the series last or the season last night it's definitely like it's making fun of that genre and you have to remember that
2: okay but
0: it's really funny
1: (laughs) the way they like make
0: fun of that trope and like that whole genre of movies or tv shows and she's really good in that. And the, the way it ends is not at all what I was expecting. So uh, I would recommend <laughs> awesome. that show. It's insane.
1: Oh, cool.
0: So yeah, there's some pop culture references here for cool. some men in music that we love. And some that apparently hate. Apparently diplo sucks i don't have a very strong opinion on diplo but now i do now he kind of sucks so
1: cool well last thing kind of wanted to throw in a little like modern day take on this whole idea of misogyny and marriage hopefully this doesn't go too long i found these two reddit comments oh yeah um yeah i'm i'm gonna say the title don't hate me mom but <laughs> there's a thing on Reddit called Am I the Asshole? It's so funny. And people write in and say a scenario and then ask if they're the one in the wrong mm-hmm. or if they're in the right. And I found a couple that have to do with art, and I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about. Here is one. Also, both of them were voted saying that they were the asshole because like the thread they vote oh yes and i tried to find one where they voted that he wasn't but there wasn't <laughs> a lot that had to do with art and music where they weren't so <laughs> <laughs> that's good <laughs> yeah so sorry we already know but anyway so iota which is am i the asshole for telling my wife that i think my sister is more talented than her oh no. Oh, dear. so here's the story. <laughs> My wife and I have been arguing about this for over a week, and I feel bad for hurting her feelings, but I'm not sure if I'm in the wrong. My wife, 25, does art and graphic design, and my 19-year-old sister also does art. Oh, dear. My best friend hit me up and told me that he had talked to my wife about doing some artwork and posters for his band. He liked some of her stuff on Instagram and thought it would be pretty cool to hire someone local. His brand has a pretty decent following. They're going on tours and etc. He was expressing some frustration to me about the collaboration between he and my wife. He didn't insult her, but he was happy with the results and wasn't happy with the results and didn't know how to talk to her about it. After chatting with him for a bit, though, and getting a feel of what his new music was about, I started talking about my sister and her work. Oh, no. It's a bit more creative, raw, and more of what he was looking for. He was excited to work with her after I showed her some of her stuff. She's a fan of his music, so I set them up. And she said he's paying her a decent amount of money along with giving her some good exposure. I told him that I would talk to my wife about her being off of the project for him and he still paid her for the work that she did. When I talked to my wife about being off of the project, she got upset. I told her that my friend had no hard feelings, just wanted a different art style. She ended up talking to my friend about it, and he told my wife that I recommended my sister to him, and he really liked her style, and he thought that what they were coming up with was a better fit. My wife got super upset with me upon hearing that I recommended my sister over her. She called me unsupportive and accused me of trying to sabotage her so that she doesn't get more exposure. I tried to make her understand that her collaboration with my friend wasn't working out anyways, and I was just trying to secure a very good opportunity for my sister, who I know is extremely talented and could do the job. She says that I should have tried to mend the issue so that she could still complete the project and drive more traffic for her. I told her that the problem was an issue of style. He didn't want such commercial-looking art. He wanted something more creative, like what my sister was offering. That made her more angry, and she accused me of calling her uncreative and undeserving of the opportunity. I said that I thought the opportunity should go to a talented person that is a good fit. And she said, so your sister's more talented than me? Trying to continue the argument, I said, you know what? Yes. And my wife has been sleeping in the guest room ever since. Good. I've tried to talk to my family about this, but everyone seems pretty split on whether or not I'm in the wrong here. I know I may have hurt her feelings, but I think my sister is more talented. Am I the asshole for saying it out loud?
0: Yes. Okay. Also, (laughs) your your friend is incredibly unprofessional.
1: Like you don't call the spouse of the person you're working with to complain about that. Also,
0: you if it's not working out, you say, Hey, can we try something different first? And then if it's still not working out, I don't know, grow up and say, Okay, hey, we're gonna go in a new direction. I'm so sorry. Like yeah. First off, we have two in in our midst here. We have the b- band member and the husband.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And I like. I really felt this one because as a graphic designer, my default is kind of always more of like a commercial computer rendered art. Yeah. Whether than like his sister's an artist, like it doesn't mean I can't do the other one. It's just when I think of making a poster, my brain immediately goes to legibility and professionalism where like something that's what you're trained to do yeah and that's what school teaches us and everything else and there's a lot that goes into that that like helps in the long run with something like that but like yeah I mean <laughs> it's just tough because they even could have like uh, I just feel like there are so many ways this could have been avoided so
0: well and that's what the pains me the most about this story literally yeah. so many ways as soon as your friends coming to you venting you about your wife you say hey man my wife's really reasonable. I think you should bring up these concerns to her and see if you guys can come to an agreement. Like how hard is that? It's not, it's not that hard.
1: And I think it's really mean too, that like he, he was like, I do think my sister is more talented. (laughs) And it's like, well, they're do kind of doing different things. Yeah, like you said, they have different styles, and so like it shouldn't be a comparison of
0: talent. talent.
1: You could say like, "Oh, I like my sister's artwork a little bit more." Usually, like I like her style more, and that's more understandable. But even like, that's kind of I mean. think <laughs>
0: she's more talented than you are. Like, oh yeah. my gosh,
1: like that's so messed up to say. I'm just like, how do you come back from that? Honestly? Yeah. A lot of people in the comments just called out the way that the client and him approached it saying that that was really unprofessional. And then also just saying like, you were looking out for your sister, but your wife should come first. Yeah, absolutely. Like in all situations, like the opportunity was really great for her too. And that's great that you wanted to help your sister. But like, what your about wife your wife? Like she
0: was right there. <laughs>
1: And the fact that, like, the client originally came to his wife mm-hmm. because of what he saw on her Instagram. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, well, what about my sister? <laughs> so just kind of, like, not a great situation there. To no. like, dude, you can't do that.
0: No, you cannot. Did you say you have one more?
1: Yeah, I have one more. It's about music. Am I the asshole for not wanting to fully support my wife's music career? Oh, dear context i male in my 30s have been married to my wife female 37 for about six years we got married quickly due to me being on active duty and she ended up pregnant soon after marriage goes on another beautiful baby etc but the entire time one issue for me persists her music career oh, dear. my wife is a trained opera singer and very disgruntled that she had to consistently give up gigging in order to raise the kids Due to the fact that singers often charge as contractors, we get hit heavily on taxes for her music, which often pays relatively low, 80-ish pre-tax for about three to four hours. She would often book gigs even on days when I was poor in starboard duty, leaving me with the kids after what was essentially a 36-hour long workday. Recently, she booked a show which I was happy for her about. The show ended up taking place over three months with my wife driving about 25 miles each way with $5 toll one way. It also paid a total of three hundred dollars, and my wife was gone from the time I got off work until eleven thirty to twelve most nights. She also made sure to go out to eat after every show with her friends. When I argued about this, I was told that I don't that I just don't care about her happiness and that she deserved to be able to perform because she had watched our kids while I was deployed. She also gets mad and says that I don't want to watch my own kids, which I guess is fair. The music has gone to the point of needing us to pick our next house based around her being able to perform, as I've gotten a work-from-home job. This will put us in a city or a small suburb, which I have recently expressed not being interested in. She also argues that I was aware she was a singer and should have been prepared for this. I don't know. I feel like I kind of both am and am not the asshole. <laughs> Well, at least there's a
0: little bit of acknowledgement there.
1: So what do you think about this one?
0: I mean, it's kind of hard because it's like, yeah, like that, like there is such sacrifice in Mm -hmm. deal in becoming a performer like there 100 percent is. And like, yeah, like that's that's pretty annoying, you know, to like. have to drive all that way and like not really get compensated enough to like decide if it's worth it you know I can empathize with that I empathize with that because those are conversations I'm having with myself all the time of like is this really worth it what I'm doing here but you know what if you're if for one thing the general rule of if it's important to your partner you make it important to you and also you married her knowing that this was her dream and passion and if you're going to not let her continue it because you find it inconvenient, especially when the inconvenience is you watching your own child. Yeah. I don't know. It sounds like either that marriage isn't right for you anymore or you only like her when she is serving you. Yeah.
1: No, I saw a comment that was like, dude, yeah, she's having you watch the kids after a 36-hour day. However... She watched the kids 24 24 7 all by herself when you were deployed. Yeah. And so it was just kind of like maybe, you know, like understand that it's time to. Also, like maybe you're thinking
0: of childcare here all wrong. Like if you're choosing to have a child, it's so you can watch them and take care of them.
1: Yes. I love this so many times. I've heard it over and over again it's it's not babysitting if it's your own kids yeah oh my gosh <laughs> and and that's so true like it's just parenting also the house thing was kind of hard because he's like oh i don't really want to live in that area and it's like yeah but you're working from home like right and if one of the main complaints was that she's driving 25 miles each way like that's getting rid of that
0: complaint so that she can live closer and then you're not having to spend as much money on gas anymore like yeah. that sounds like a great compromise to me
1: happy ending though oh he did edit and he said for all of those who are curious i'm indeed the asshole (laughs) (laughs) all right y'all i've got some working on myself to do but i knew that coming in this is gonna sound whiny but some of y'all are a little mean so i'm gonna take a break for a while <laughs> but thank you to some of you for being nice. I'm definitely getting good back, good feedback on how to make this situation easier in myself and to make me less of an asshole. Most have agreed. I just need to find things I like outside of work more and make room for them. So I don't feel so resentful that my wife has a life and I don't.
0: That's, and that's, <laughs> a, that's fair. It's probably that she has a passion and now when he's off <laughs> yeah. work, what does he do?
1: And then he also said like, thank you for giving me suggestions on things to do. Also, if any of you have hobby tips of things for me and the kiddos to do, um, because usually I just chase them around in circles growling like a monster, (laughs) that would be great. Mood. (laughs) So it sounds like he really like owned up to it. He understood what was happening and he's going to work on it so that um, he doesn't feel so resentful of change in their relationship yeah because if
0: my husband came to me and was like I'm really annoyed with you singing I'd be like why the heck did you marry me like I was very (laughs) upfront with what I wanted to do with my life and that no matter the stage of life I'm in I will find a way to sing if one day in my Mm -hmm. life that means I'm doing community theater you know maybe that's what it looks like at a stage of my life when I'm you know taking care of children most of the time I have no idea what my life is gonna look like but like no matter what (laughs) there will be a way that I'm always doing music and if you're bothered by that like what what did you like what was this arrangement started on here bud like uh uh-uh
1: yeah exactly so I think that that's a great like representation though of sometimes it's hard when people make adjustments in relationships Mm -hmm. to like you know, and then kind of getting to the root of that and finding someone that's willing to overcome that and support you anyway. Yeah. What you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like he really is doing that. Like he's like, oh, okay, yeah, I was in the wrong. <laughs> I'm going to work on that. I'm going to find ways to be more passionate about my own life so that I'm not so resentful of what <laughs> my wife is doing.
0: But I love that even in the original thing, he was like, I know I'm, like, I know I'm the asshole for being annoyed that I have to take care of my own kids. It's
1: like, okay, well, at least there's some (laughs) acknowledgement. No, because that's, like, a really common thing on Reddit where they're, like, dude, it's not babysitting. Yeah, sorry, you gotta watch your kids. Yeah, like, that's just parenting. That's how it works. Like, sorry that, yeah, just because you
0: have it in your mind that that's the wife's job does not mean that that's right.
1: Anyway, kind of a fun little modern end to our story. I love that. And once again, the reminder from the top, go find someone that supports you. Yes. Um, and praises you. I love credits that. Credits you. <laughs> and all of the other important things.
0: All right. Well, thank cool. you everyone for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Happy anti-Valentine's. Happy Valentine's. <laughs> however you choose to celebrate today. But, and yeah, we'll be back next week with another artist that I will be presenting mm-hmm. on of a yeah, long lost woman artist who deserves a little bit more
1: credit reminder to rate and review if you're loving it and we have plenty of old episodes to check out if you want more to listen to today so yes we do check out some of the other ones we mentioned a lot of them in this episode so yeah and we'll see you next time